0: If you will, let's turn to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. It was in the same text Friday there in rescue. If you happen to tune in, good, listen again. How many times I've listened to a message over and there's, there's a couple of them I have uh, downloaded on my phone every three months or so I listen to them. I've done that for years, and I get something new every time. That lady right there spends hours every week translating all my notes into English, from Kevin into English, and sends out the notes and the sermon audio link so you can listen along while you read. My pastor does the same thing. He sends them out to us, don't he? So we can listen along while we read because we might see something the Lord didn't show us before. That's precious. Ain't nobody watching while you read along. Somebody speaks to you, says the same thing. Ain't nobody looking at you. Lord, maybe the Lord look upon us, huh? Hopefully he'll be with us this morning. Here in John chapter 8, we'll begin in verse uh, chapter 7. These officers they were sent to arrest the Lord, to apprehend him and bring him to these Pharisees, this Sanhedrin. And they didn't accomplish their mission. John 7 46 says the officer had answered. The Pharisees said, Why didn't you bring him? Where is he at? The officers answer said, Never man spake like this man. Then answered them the Pharisees, Are you also deceived? you as deceived as they are by His teachings, by what He says? Have any of the rulers? That's the first concern. The first concern. The rulers. Important folks. Have any of the rulers or of the Pharisees? What about our peers in religion? What about them church-scoring folks? They believed on Him? But this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. They don't know the law. They're cursed. We know the law. They don't know the law. We're fine. They're cursed. who out of your mouths. Verse 50, Nicodemus saith unto them, He that cameth to Jesus by night, back to chapter 3, being one of them. Did John write, he's one of us, but the Lord just hadn't fully revealed himself yet. No, he didn't. John said he's one of them. The Lord's working in Nicodemus. We're going to see it by the end. I just see him with that wheelbarrow or something with a hundred pounds of aloe. That's a lot. But right now, he's starting to work in him. That work of grace has begun. John still says, being one of them, he says, verse fifty-one, doth our law judge any man? Does he, Did he say? That, does the Lord's law? Does God's holy, perfect, just law? Does it judge any man? He said, does our law, our law? Does our law judge any man before it heareth him and know what he doeth? And they answered, said unto him, art thou also of Galilee? Search and look for out of Galilee riseth no prophet, no prophet. Well, they're wrong. Where do you think Jonah came from? He came from Galilee. He was born in Galilee. And every man went into his own house. They had their big discussion. They had, everybody told what they thought. Everybody showed face. Everybody showed up and saw each other and, and had their opinion. Well, I think this and I think that. Here's what it ought to be. And, and their angle on it, they had a big old Bible study, didn't they? And then they all went home. They went back to their own houses. They didn't go to Christ and say, Lord, teach us. You're the teacher. You're the one that can teach. They said, well, we'll go home and sleep on it. Let's go home and sleep on it. They we went back to their houses. Where did our Lord go? Verse, chapter 8, verse 1. Jesus went into the Mount of Olives. He went to go pray. He must be about His Father's business. He shall save His people from their sins. He, he's going to make intercession forever for them. He went to the Mount of Olives. Verse 2, and early in the morning... He came again unto the temple and all the people came unto him and he sat down and he taught them. That's how they used to do it in those days. you would read the scriptures standing up and then they'd sit down to preach. I thought of that this morning. If y'all had to stand up to hear the gospel and I had to sit down there and preach, I might be dozing off. <laughs> it's a good thing I got to stand up today. I'm beat. I was up all night last night. I'll be all right. I can take a nap after this. But drove a lot. 1,200 miles. Go preach the gospel and hear it preached to me. But very early in the morning, these people, they came to him to be taught. you think there's a sacrifice involved in that? Do you think they had to set an alarm clock or get a rooster or take shifts throughout the night? He's going to be there early. We're going to be there where he is. today. Hang out at home. All right, we're going to be at the house this week. We'll go think about these things. We'll on. They showed up to him. That's where the person was. God Almighty sat on the front steps of that tabernacle right there with His feet in the dirt and taught them. And they came to Him and they sacrificed. The gospel, that cost you nothing, ain't worth nothing. It's painful. They'd get up early. Early in the morning. They had to work. Get all the work done the day before. so They could worship God. Come be taught of Him. Took some diligence, didn't it? What did He teach? We looked at that last week, didn't we? We looked there at Matthew 5, 6, and 7. If you want, if anybody ever says, what did, what did Jesus teach? What did Christ teach? Go read them a Sermon on the Mount. That's, that's thorough, isn't it? Boy, it hits a lot of topics. He opened his mouth and taught them, saying, He gave them the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Well, what's all it's gonna start out with? Poor folks. Not broke folks, poor folks, poor in spirit. A poor heart. And he told them them people, those that are poor in spirit. Those that are meek, can't do nothing for themselves. Those that are lame, those that are halt. those that are deaf, those that are blind. They can't keep the law. Those Gentiles, the law ain't even given to us. We ain't got no tabernacles. We don't have any priests. We don't have any, this even in pictures. And if we did, we wouldn't have cared just like the, that physical nation didn't care. We wouldn't give a hooey. Sitting right there in front of you. Take it or leave it. But He told those that truly were poor in the heart, truly were unable to, in, their, in themselves. He said, think not that I've come to destroy this law. This law that brought you to me. This law that you fear. That because you know you can't keep it. A fool knows that. <laughs> They're just pretending. I didn't come to destroy it. I didn't come to destroy the prophets. I'm not come to destroy but to fulfill. I'm going to fulfill all those prophets. Every jot and tittle. Everything that was ever said. They're going to cast lots on my garments. <laughs> everything. Everything. Peter's going to deny him. Everything. Just as he said it would be the whole time fulfilling the law. That's what he told them poor folks. And he said, except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. That means the outside of the cup and the inside of the cup. They're clean on the outside. It'd be hard, to, hard pressed to find something wrong with them. Boy, we don't see on the heart. He does. He said, it's going to have to exceed theirs. You shall in no wise enter the kingdom of heaven. And he said, you've heard him explain that law that he fulfilled. He said, you've heard you know, uh, thou shalt not kill and whoever kills is in danger of the judgment. You know that. You know that law. He said, but I say unto you, whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause, he's in danger of the judgment. I don't, I don't like what they're doing. Hell, fire, and brimstone for eternity. Is this serious? I better believe it is. He had some strong teachings, didn't he? They were astonished at his doctrine, and for he taught having as one of authority, not as the scribes. <laughs> I love it. What woke you up today, Matt, Paul and her yelling? He don't teach like one of them scribes does, does he? We will now turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. No, uh-uh. He knows God. He'll tell you about it. He taught Nicodemus that. He says, As Moses lifted up a serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, and whoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life, eternal life. He told him plainly, didn't he? He said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me. I could see him walk through that during that great feast. They had them candles burning, and he said, I'm a light of the world. They're playing. They got church going on. Oh, we know what to do, we know how to get all our stuff in right orders. Here's the showbread. He said, "I'm the bread of life." <laughs> they had a rock in there, and they was taking buckets of water and pouring over it to symbolize. They were having a play. They could dress up children, have plays at church. They were pouring water over it to show that water coming out of that rock in the desert. And he said, "I'm the living water. <laughs> That's, me. That's me. That's me. That's me. I don't get it. What's this guy saying? He's plain as day. <laughs> all those prophets, all that law, he came to fulfill. That's what he's saying. It's him, Tim. It's If any man thirst, let him come to me. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. God in human flesh, this one that the whole Old Testament in picture and in top typified, pointed to Him. He sat down and He taught people. Can you imagine that? I pray he teach somebody today. pray He would stop these and open these up. Stop this and open this up. Stop our heads, open our hearts. These scribes and Pharisees, they knew he was teaching these people and they sought a way to discredit him. What can we do to knock this guy out of his position? We've got to prove he's a false prophet. We've got to prove he's against the prophets. We've got to prove he's against this law of Moses that we hold so dear to us. He came to destroy that law. We've got to convince him of that. These religious, church-going folks, they had fancy garments on. you know that? They didn't miss service. They knew the scriptures. They could quote it better than, than, than we can. They seemed like the people you ought to be following, wouldn't they? They didn't cheat on their taxes. Oh, they probably cheated on their taxes. <laughs> on the outside of the cup, you couldn't find nothing wrong with them. You couldn't hold nothing to them. They're going to teach the Lord something. They're going to come teach him a lesson. Nothing's changed. If they're against him, they're against his people, ain't they? People are going to instruct God's pe- God's prophets, God's preachers. Or oh, we're going to train them up. We got, I'm going to sort them out. I'm going to go down there and sort that preacher out. I'm going to teach them something. I know people that do that. I know people because they email me. <laughs> I can help you with this. If, if I'm a man after God's own heart, what are you going to prove on it? If he sent me with his word, what are you going to polish? If he's the one training me, is your regiment going to work better than his? Not so. I wouldn't want to be that person. I wouldn't want to be them. He's the capital P, preacher. That's him. John 8, verse 3. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, that sounds churchy, don't it? They spoke with what seemed so respectful terms. But their mouth said one thing and their heart meant another. They were double-minded. Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. We walked in on it. We saw it. We saw it happening. We stopped it. We stopped it. She was taken in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? What do you say? They come quoting the law, didn't they? Their law. Not those cursed people that didn't know the law. They came quoting the law, didn't they? Well, what does the law say? Turn over to Leviticus twenty. Let's look at it. The law had better be one of the witnesses. Hebrew writer said that he that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. The Lord looks on the heart, and the law is what declares us guilty. That's two witnesses right there. One witness will be the word of God, and you better have a good handle on it if you are going to throw it around, because you'll be judged out your very own mouths. Leviticus twenty. Let's see if these Pharisees left something out. Leviticus 20, verse 10. And the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife, even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Now maybe he wrote it down wrong. You think that's possible? Maybe he wrote it down wrong. Let's turn over to Deuteronomy 20. Deuteronomy 22, I'm sorry. Deuteronomy 22. Deuteronomy 22. Verse 22, if a man be found lying with a woman married to an husband, then they shall both of them die. Both the man that layeth with the woman and the woman, so shalt thou put away evil from Israel. If you're going to stone them, you're going to put them to death, you're going to do both of them. Both of them. If they were doing what Moses said, While they're acting, while they're pretending, while they're they're worried about this law. If they were doing what Moses said, they would have brought both of them to the Lord. Actually, they wouldn't have done that. They could have just stoned them right then. Why would they have to seek approval? You you complain to an authority figure. You seek approval from those authority figures, don't you? Unknowingly, they were coming to him. But they are trying to catch him up in it. But that man, where'd he go? (laughs) Maybe it was one of them. Maybe this was staged a little deeper than we thought it was. Maybe it was one of their friends. Maybe it was one of their family members, and they've done the same thing before, probably with the same lady. And they thought, well, that's what we looked at last hour, wasn't it? It's easy to, to forgive the sin that we that easily beset to us. I know it's hard. Now, don't, just just try not to do it again, okay? Go give some alms down there. Go pay for it or something. Say some Hail Marys or something. They tell them whatever nonsense. It's easy to forgive those if we weren't forgiven in that area. Those who stress the law usually are the very ones breaking it. Paul told us that. He said they command you to keep it and they don't even keep it themselves. They don't keep it themselves. This law is just and it is holy and it offers no mercy. No mercy. It was written in stone. It's unbending. It's holy. It's just. It's good. But it condemns. It condemns. It says this woman and the man, whoever he may have been, are guilty and they should be stoned. The Lord said, the soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. The interest of these Pharisees wasn't upholding God's holy law, but discrediting Christ, proving He was a false prophet, proving He was against Moses, and proving to all those that was listening to His teachings that that He was a a fraud, and to get them back under their control. They wanted to make make them like themselves. They wanted to be followers of men. They bring this woman, quote the law to him, and they ask... But what sayest thou? What do you say? What do you say? They were crafty. Crafty. The enemies of the Lord and his people, they're not they're not ignorant. They're not fools. They're the wiles of the devil's not easily discerned. They're cunning, devious. If the Lord says here, they, come, they bring him with this question: What say you? Here's what Moses said, no, they quoted it wrong. But they said, What say you? And all his people's listening. What do you say? We stone her. That's what Moses said. Well, you say, if he says stone her, all those people listening to him, all those people that followed him for three years, will say he's no different than Pharisees. He's no different than the Pharisees. Just like Nicodemus, he's one of them. Being one of them, that what he had taught them when Christ preached to these people that listened to him, there was hope there. When he spoke, and he said, "Come to me, all you that labor and heavy laden. I'll give you rest." That's peace. There's rest there. There's hope there. There's comfort there. There's love there. Life's to be had. Pardons there. That's why publicans came to him. That's why sinners came to him. Harlots, whores, the sick, the guilty. They came to hear him because his message came to their hearts. It touched them. But not with these legalists. Not with them, them other church fellows. Not with them churchgoers, Them religious folks. Those Pharisees. There was no hope for the guilty there. It was just cold. It was rigid. And it could not give life. All it could do was declare guilt. That's all they could do. You're wrong. What you're doing wrong. What you're doing wrong. Stop that. Start this. Peck, 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 peck. peck. You know. Whip people with the law. This woman was guilty just like those hearing our Lord preach. And if he says stoner, there goes hope. You were sitting there listening to Him. Watch God Almighty right on the ground, sitting on the steps of the temple. And He's speaking to you, and you're hearing what's coming out of His mouth. He's The, the river's of living water. Right there He is. And this woman comes. She's just like me. She like me. That's me standing there. She just happened to get caught that day. Done it in my heart. So He told her, sitting not He says, stone her. Pack your suitcases and go home. Better go fishing. Better retire someplace hot. <laughs> Enjoy them last years while you got, because that's all you're going to get. It's over. And if he says, let her go, without doing what the law says, without handling the guilt, without dealing with that sin like we looked at in the first hour, the accusers will say, See, I told you he's against Moses. Everything he's told you is a sham. He's not just. He does, he's not holy. He's not upright. Well, everything he's saying is pretend. All this rest he's talking about, it's as if. It's as if. That's a hard question, isn't it? What well, say you? stoner, or looser and let her go? That's hard for man, isn't it? That's the very, very old question, isn't it? And it rings today. It ought to be asked today. I, I, I'd love to go around. To, if I get invited in to any church, I'm going to go and I'm going to say, how's man just before God? How can God be just and justify a sinner? Because you're getting down to brass tacks. You're getting down to gospel. get down to good news is what it is. It's, going to be, it's got to do with the person and what he did. <laughs> That's what we're going to see. Job asked that. Oldest book in the Bible. He said, I know it is so of a truth, but how could, should a man be just with God? How could this be? Verse 5. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said tempting him that they might have to excuse him. How can this be? (laughs) Here's where mercy begins. Here's where there's hope for the hopeless. Verse 6, but Jesus stooped down. That's it. How can this woman be freed and be stoned at the same time? God Almighty is going to have to take on the form of a human. A body is going to, have to be made for him, and he's going to have to stoop down to this earth and condescend. This one who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, he stooped down to this earth. This word, the capital W word, was made flesh. He dwelt among us. He came down that we may be risen. He stooped low so we may be exalted with him. Verse 6 says, And they said, tempting him that they might have to excuse. Excuse him, but Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. Those cries from Sodom. that He went to go check it out as he talked talk to Abraham. Oh, he heard that the whole time, didn't he? Heard that the whole time. Just because the Lord doesn't sin, someone's fighting against him and fighting against his gospel. If somebody's standing out front right now protesting, just because the Lord doesn't strike them dead with a lightning bolt, doesn't mean he ain't going to. The Lord heard it. He heard him, but he acted like he didn't. He wasn't distracted. Did you know that? There's all these gainsayers, and he didn't stop doing what he was doing to save this woman, to reveal himself in her that the law is fulfilled, and turn and deal with them. Now, now, you knock it off. You knock, act like you don't even hear him. what Paul say? Mark them and leave them alone. <laughs> the Lord will handle them. Gabriel said that, didn't he? The Lord rebuked thee. I have no idea what the Lord wrote there in the ground. I I have some ideas, but it's just what I think. It's not what I know. But I know what's recorded every time His finger is used on this earth to write something. Turn over to Deuteronomy 9. Deuteronomy 9, verse 10. Here's the first time. My finger was used. Read Romans 9, 10, The Lord delivered unto me two tablets of stone written with the finger of God. And on them was written according to all the words which the Lord spake with you in the mount out of the midst of the fire in the day of the assembly. And it came to pass at the end of 40 days and 40 nights that the Lord gave me the two tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant. That's that covenant of law, isn't it? Do this and live. We can't. We're born in sin. We're conceived in sin. We can't do it. God's perfect finger come down and wrote His perfect holy law. That's the first time He he come to this earth and wrote something with His finger. God wrote the law with His finger in stone, unbendable. And that's the very law they're using against Him. His law. They said it's our law. No, it ain't. It's His. He wrote it. He's the author. You think He meant it? I went to buy an audio book not too long ago and I found out the author wasn't the one that read it. And I was like, I really don't want to hear that. Uh, the, the one that wrote it, he knows how it should be read. doesn't when, when the Lord stood up and read in the temples, could you imagine? I, if he was, I'll hush. You read, Lord. I want to hear you read. It'd be something, wouldn't it? He's the author. That was the first time he wrote these Pharisees had this law a long time. And the whole time they've had this law written in stone by the finger of God, they've applied it to others. They've applied it to somebody else. You, you. You, you ever listen to a message that so-and-so needs to listen to that? I have. Well, not apply it to others, but apply it to ourselves. The Lord said examine yourselves. Didn't he? Apply that law to us. Back in our text here in John 8, Paul told us, He said the reason this law was given, it says to those that are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and become guilty before God. John 8. So when they continued asking Him, they hadn't been stopped yet, have they? They hadn't been shut up to sin. So when they continued asking, He lifted up Himself and said to them, He that was out sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. They had the law. They carried it around and holding that around ain't done nothing. That's what believing the five points Calvinism never saved nobody. Just like the memorizing the Ten Commandments has never made guilt in the heart. I stole that from Clay. <laughs> it's true. They've had this their whole life and they've never applied it to themselves. God hasn't said this is my law for you. He hasn't made it effectual yet. And so he stands up and he says if you're without sin Start throwing rocks. And God Almighty's put it on them. He's threw it in their court. You examine yourselves. This is my law for you. How you doing? How you holding up? That was the last time they spoke. They didn't say nothing else to him that day. But the Lord wasn't finished with them yet, was he? Verse eight. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. The first time we saw the finger there come down and write on those tablets of stone. He gave us the law. The second time recorded in Daniel. This is the third time of three times the Lord's fingers written here on earth. Turn over to Daniel 5. Belshazzar, after Nebuchadnezzar had been removed as king, there's a couple kings in between them, but. He decided to have a big drunken party with all the things, the vessels that were for the Lord's house, for His worship. It says in Daniel 5 verse 4, They took wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver and of brass and of iron of wood and of stone. And the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the psalter of the wall in the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote, he, saw a part. he didn't see God face to face, did he? No man seen the Father. If you've seen the Son, you've seen the Father. Who do you think is writing this? Who wrote the first law? <laughs> Christ did, didn't He? He gave the law. It's His law. And now He's putting on the wall. What's this handwriting? Look here in verse 26. This is the interpretation of the thing. Mene, God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. He's a sovereign over all. Verse 27, to Kale. Thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. And there's an end to that. What he, The punishment he brings, he'll bring an end to it. Perez, the kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. The first time that finger came on this earth, given that law in stone. The second time that finger came, it says this is the end of it. You don't measure up. You've been in those hills, You've been found wanting. Back in John 8, our Lord wrote the first time in the dirt something. We don't know what it was. But he says, you examine yourselves. (laughs) you without sin. Say the condemnation was the second time, wouldn't you? It says in verse 8, and again he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience. You know, somebody can feel guilty about something. The heathens feel guilty about stuff, don't they? I probably shouldn't have done that. I stepped on a kitten on the way over here, and I think I heard it. Oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. They convict themselves. They convict their own consciences. The Holy Spirit convicts of sin. Not of plural sins. We convict ourselves of sins. God, the Holy Spirit, has to convict of S-I-N, the noun, what we are. But they had their own consciences. Their own conscience was pricked, and went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, why wow, he had the most to, most to get blamed. Don't they? You get older. Oh, they quit doing this. They quit doing that. You run out of money or got tired. That's all it is. This body don't hold up good. Uh, I, I have no interest in hangovers ever again. Oh, those days are gone, gone ain't they? I just thought I cleaned up. act I just got tired of it. Or gets too expensive, Who quit anything. At all, a little more experienced worldly. He's the first one left. Unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. Just him and his bride. How could you say such a thing? <laughs> if It's true for me. It's true for her. Just him and his bride. Verse 10 says, And when Jesus lifted up himself. That's what happened. He saw none but the woman. God Almighty gave His law with His finger on those stones. On that wall that Daniel interpreted, He gave the end state of that law. You've been weighed and you've been found wanting. And this is the end. He came to this earth, down in the dirt, literally, and fulfilled the law with His finger in this sin-cursed earth, in this dirt. And He lifted Himself up He said, look, Father's gave me this power. I lay lay my life down. No man, take it from me and I got the power to raise it back up. He lifted himself up and whenever he's exalted on the right hand of God Almighty, he's on his throne living to intercede for us. What's that mean? He saw nothing but the woman. He sees nothing but his bride. That adulteress. Caught in the very act. He ever lives to make intercession. Just for her, just for her, just for me, just for you, you who believe, just for you. That be I don't know. It's so. <laughs> it's so. He says, "Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee?" What did Paul say? There in Romans eight thirty four, "Who is he that condemneth? It's Christ that died, yea rather." Is living is risen again. When did our condemnation go? When he lifted himself up? You see, I'm going hand to hand. They walk hand in hand, don't they? It's exactly the same. They brought her for the condemnation of both her. We can knock her out while while she's here. We'll go ahead and get rid of her, and and for him to accuse him. And they happened to bring her right to the one that wrote the. The very one that could save her from the curse of the law. They partly knew it, but they didn't know the law of Christ, did they? They didn't know the law of Christ. Paul told us there in Galatians 6 Bear ye one another's burdens. What's that mean? Love? Not a feigned love, not a fake one, truly, because there's bearing involved. That I means your legs gonna get a little shaky. You're gonna get sore. You carry a big old heavy backpack. Your legs will get tired. Shoulders get tired. Start cramping up. Oh, uh, gotta take some from tomorrow morning. Drink some water. Bear the. Burden. That's love. Love does something. It bears the burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. What's His law? Love one another. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. How's everybody gonna know that you're my people if you have love one another? That's the law. They didn't come bearing that, did they? <laughs> This one they brought her to. The one that wrote the law was the only one that can free her from the law, free her from her burden and this whole universe. And what sovereign grace and mercy it was that He saved a sinner. He wrote with His finger the law in stone. He wrote on the wall, we can't keep the, the law. We can't, we can't fulfill it. He must. He came to this earth and He fulfilled the law in every jot and tittle being made a man being buried under the dirt, and lifting himself up again. He's going to write one more time. He's going to write something else. Turn over to Jeremiah 31. And whatever the Lord writes, it's law. You get it? <laughs> we can we can make our heads spin. If the local people bring out an ordinance or a regulation, well, is it law? Does it matter? <laughs> if, those uh, handcuffs are the same shade of silver, ain't they? Just hush and do it. If the Lord speaks it, if He writes it, it's law. If He writes it, it's perfect. If He writes it, it's eternal. Jeremiah 31, verse 33. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. He said the law was His covenant, would not He? This shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. What about that law? Christ came to this earth with His finger and fulfilled it, didn't He? With His very hand. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put My law, My covenant of grace, this law of Christ, in their inward parts and write it in their hearts, and will be their God, and they shall be my people. I'm his, and he's mine. Now, you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together? promise I'll sleep and I'll I'll be better. I ain't got work today. Brother Clay will be (laughs) here. Trevor, if you and Cass would come hand out the elements.